0: Hi, I'm Garth Tanner. I'm Jamie Wincup. I'm James Courtney. Tony Delberto. Hi,
1: I'm Rick Kelly. Hi, I'm Todd Kelly. Hi, I'm Lee Holdsworth. You're listening to V8 Insiders.
2: It's your weekly dose of V8 news on the V8 Insiders. Now here's your host, Craig Revelle.
1: Frosty wins the cash. Triple 8 and BJR will be spending their money on repairs.
3: It's a shame that, that you're sort of out there buying bits at the moment that you know, may be obsolete at the end of the year. We
1: look at all that and more as the red lights go out on another edition of the V8 Insiders.
2: This news update is brought to you by V8X Magazine. Log on to the official V8X Magazine Facebook page for your chance to win some great prizes.
1: Frosty took three of four races last weekend to take the money at the AGP. Shane van Gisbergen took out the final race in a strong showing for Stone Brothers, making it his third podium in three years at the AGP. It continues the Queensland team's revival in our heads to the second round of the championship in Tassie with plenty of confidence. Garth Tander continued his strong start to the 2012 with a third place finish. Tander able to wring every ounce of performance out of his HRT Holden. Once again at the AGP it was a wreck fest with Triple H's Jamie Winkup involved in a first lap wreck with James Courtney which had Roland Dane questioning the abilities of the highly paid driver. Talking about the incident with Winkup, Dane said an overpaid, overrated driver took him out. James Courtney should have known better. The following day, Sunday, Dane was still upset when he was interviewed by Channel 10. It was uh, a very
2: unnecessary
1: event. Jason Bright has also had his share of difficulties to start 2012 involved in an incident with Steve Owen and Michael Patrici on Friday, which has seen him call for the stewards to enforce the rules they're stressing on at the driver's briefings.
3: They They don't really... To sort of stand by their words, you know, and for if, 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 as long as they don't do anything about it, um, you know, everyone just keeps on doing
1: it. Plenty more from Melbourne coming up on the roundtable. Chrysler have formally announced that they will not be joining V8 Supercar Series in 2013. The manufacturer, who'd been closely linked with Gary Rogers Motorsport, releasing the following statement about the reasons why they're not moving forward at this time. Lenore Fletcher, Chrysler Australia's spokesperson, explained that essentially, at this point, our organisation's development, it doesn't make financial sense to go v supercar racing. She went on to say that the SRT8 would have been a terrific vehicle for it, but it's not a high-volume vehicle. Meanwhile, Todd and Rick Kelly took. Meanwhile, Todd and Rick Kelly took some time out of their GP weekend to give Simon Spruill, Nissan Corporation's Vice President of Global Marketing Communications, a tour of the Brayside operation as the team continues to develop its Nissan for the car of the future. Jason Bright has told the Van Insiders that he would welcome a super soft tyre being introduced with the car of the future.
3: Even now, you know, you're seeing... The soft tyre lasts a hell of a lot longer than what it was originally um, and probably what it was originally intended to do because teams have got better tyre life or, or possibly the compound isn't what we what we had in the first place.
1: Bright went even further to say that the current soft tyres should be the standard tyre for the series, even at Bathurst.
3: There was plenty of soft compounds running around there you know, 15, 20 years ago. I'll give
1: you the tip. You can hear more of Brighty in this week's White Flag Lap. And that's the news on the V8 Insiders. After the break, Adrian Mussolino and John Bannon will join me.
2: News on the V8 Insiders is brought to you by the official V8X Magazine Facebook page. Sign up and keep in touch with V8 Supercars. You've taken the V8 to the races. you watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited.
1: Hi, I'm Lee Holdsworth. You're listening to V8 Insiders. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders and joining us this week on the roundtable, John Bannon, of course, uh, now an independent contractor for hire, gun for hire. Perhaps Adrian Mussolino and the V8X team will be uh, getting him on board as Adrian joins us as well. Good evening, fellas. Good evening, Craig.
0: Hey, Craig. Thanks for having me.
1: It's been an interesting Grand Prix weekend, the fallout of which we'll talk about shortly. But, uh, well, FPR, haven't they just kicked a number of goals right off the bat, Adrian?
4: They have, and they did it over the weekend at Albert Park on the soft tyre, which was their big sticking point last season. We all know that mid-season slump they had where they were basically nowhere on the soft tyres. So it's very encouraging for them to go out So early this season proved they can do it on the hard tyre over a long distance like they did at Kipsel and then over a shorter distance with both tyres at the Grand Prix. So I think it's um, three wins from five races. They've clean-sweeped the Dunlop series as well, so it's a very good start for Ford. Mm.
1: John, what were your impressions of FPR?
0: I think they're very impressive at the moment. It's not just a, a case of one of their drivers being right up there, all three of them, are, uh, and they're running regularly in that top five or, or six, and of course, uh, like Frost did on the, the weekend, win races, so it's a great start to the year, and uh, I don't know if Triple Eight are panicking yet or not, but uh, it seems they're not going to have the, the same... Uh, level of advantage that they've had uh, In recent years mm.
1: Of course we saw John that different Tire strategy really playing off For the guys that could go out early And get their lead And then come in and swap late They uh, were at a, a Real advantage to the others weren't they
0: Yeah it seemed that they were Able to get ahead and probably Having that clear track And and as you mentioned That, that, ad, that advantage and not being in that position of I guess playing uh, catch up uh, mentally perhaps even uh, showed that, that yeah they were able to to stick out front and and, and keep that advantage when uh, the, the second lot of runners took their pit stops
1: mm. Stone Brothers Adrian also had a fantastic weekend and uh, I must say that uh, the Gears getting a race win is no surprise, he's going to get a lot of them but Lee Halsworth has really made a big injection into that Irwin Tools car hasn't he?
4: He has, and we should also mention Tim Slade as well, who's the th- third driver there, and I think his performances, second half of last season, have sort of helped bump up the team, but I think they're there as well. It, it's very, it's an interesting lead pack because you've got all three FPR cars sort of up there. Stones are sort of just behind, but they're sort of within touching distance. Triple Eight, you know, they had a disappointing Grand Prix weekend, but they're still there, as we know they always will be and Garth Tander's flying the flag for HRT. So if they can sort of all maintain that form and um, keep it going through this early part of the season, it should set up a fascinating championship fight. Um, the encouraging thing is that FPR started strong, and that's what got missed the last few seasons.
1: Mm. John, what's been your take on the Ford revival? We're seeing more and more Fords getting towards the front, and as we know, they're the uh, lesser numerical number on the track.
0: Well, that's a very good Point Craig, I mean, you'd think on, on pure numbers alone that then Holden should have it in the bag, but it's certainly keeping Ford fans happy uh, that both FPR um, and Stone Brothers are doing well. I mean, uh, as Adrian mentioned there, it's not just uh, the FPR drivers that that are doing well. It, you know, Shane van Gisbergen has has started again where he left off last year, and um, it was good to to see him get another win on the weekend and, and also uh, he, he knows how to celebrate in style. So I think he's quite a fan favourite uh, in that regard.
1: Mm. Of course, going to his track, his home track at Hamilton, he won there last year. He's going to be buoyed up with more confidence than ever and we know what a great runner he is on street circuits, which we've seen in the first three races or we've seen in sorry the first two events of the year. Heading into the third, uh, John, he's going to be very hard to beat.
0: Well, he's a very talented young guy and he knows how to drive a race car and, as you said, he is strong on on street circuits and he's arguably in the in the top three drivers in that field uh, at the moment in terms of the level of talent and, and self-belief and like any racing driver as soon as you get a win under your belt uh, you feel that you're more than capable of, of getting wins regularly and, and I think we'll see that with, with Shane this year uh, and I think he'll also be encouraged by how well Ford are doing generally uh, and that will also urge him forward because he doesn't want FPR being the, the sole four team up there uh, winning the races. He wants a bit of the action as well.
1: Mm. And, of course, Adrian, uh, Shane Van Gisbergen, as uh, John said, is in that top echelon. But it was interesting because v x Magazine showed uh, what? They believe each driver is getting paid, and he's probably not up in that upper echelon like uh, we see. Say James Courtney, who uh, Roland Dane had a red hot go. He planted him, as they say in AFL parlance, over the uh, weekend uh, because of the incident with Jamie Wincup, which has caused a, a serious amount of damage and saw a race shortened to almost nothing.
4: Yeah was very much so. It's always a disappointing when at a non-championship round so many cars get damaged and beat up, especially so you've got a feel for Lucas Dumbrell Motorsport. Um, you know, a second event and second heavily damaged car and that car's been shipped back to Triple Eight um, where it was sort of its former home to sort of be repaired and it's a concern and it sort of raises the point, I guess, of, you know, what are they doing there? If it's not for championship points then what's the motivation and is it worth the high damage bill that sort of results from it? It always amazes me that we go to that event and just seems that there's this carnage when there's no points on the line.
1: Mm. John, it is it is amazing, the carnage, but in some respects we speak to these drivers and they go, oh, yeah, we've got this test program lined up, we're going to test this, we're going to test that, and yet the red mist still falls and uh, testing goes out the window in some respects, and particularly when you wreck yourself on the first lap.
0: Well, I think, as Adrian alluded to there, you're always going to have <laughs> accidents at, at street circuits, and they always happen in, in Melbourne, and uh, I think probably having a, a prize on the line this weekend, that $100,000 up for grabs really uh, perhaps spurred the drivers on a bit, but also, like Adrian mentioned, I would like to see a, a championship round. I, I know there are all sorts of TV rights issues there and and those sort of things, but really. Uh, I don't see why it can't be a, a championship round. I mean, the drivers have to to race just as hard anyway, uh, and you could tell that they were trying on the weekends, so I, I'd like to see that being really considered rather than just something that just gets washed, washed over.
1: Mm. Well, Adrian, I know you're all for it.
0: Yeah, I think it makes sense, and
4: I think the TV deal is a big stumbling block if Channel 10 do win the rights for the next V8 TV deal, which You know, if we're to believe the speculation there, probably one of the favourites, then that would sort of align the two TV contracts between the Australian Grand Prix and V8 Supercars. So that would sort of pave the way. The big thing was last season, the the sort of set-up of the V8 paddock and pit lane. Um, So there's no real reason, apart from technical contract issues, you know why it couldn't be a championship round, it, it just makes sense.
1: Mm. On, on the white flag lap, I'll mention that Jason Bright and I discussed this whole matter and uh, and uh, you can hear what Jason's thoughts are as well because the format would have to be significantly changed, Adrian.
4: Well, absolutely. The format as it is now it is designed to sort of spice up the racing to cover the fact that it's a non-championship round. And you know, if it was a championship round, we wouldn't see these sort of knockouts qualifying races or, or this sort of thing which, you know, to be honest, didn't really work um, I was watching that race and I, the only way I could follow who was being knocked out was by the live timing in the media centre to show who was going to pit lane because with the fight for the lead between Winter Bottom and Win Cup, the TV cameras weren't focusing down the field so that sort of made it pretty much pointless and um, so that was disappointing given that it
0: sort of all that build up throughout
1: the week of this knockout race Mm. john what was your thoughts of the knockout
0: i agree with adrian about the the qualifying races i think uh that they're a joke they're confusing for fans uh, and people just don't understand what's going on if if the media can't understand the people that are reporting on it then how is the general public meant to understand what's going on so i think they are meaningless to a degree uh Having said all that, uh, watching on, on the sidelines on the weekend, uh, the drop-off system did make sense to me, and I could see how many cars were going and and at what intervals and, and what times. And I could also hear that through the commentary, that the commentators under- seemed to understand what was going on. So uh, qualifying race is confusing, but I didn't mind the, the drop-out system. I think that creates a, a little bit of extra excitement
1: Mm. all right we need to take a break on the v8 insiders but plenty more coming out of melbourne right after this Controversy Corner is next when
2: we return with more on the V8 Insiders. Find out more about your favourite supercar teams and drivers when we go inside further on the V8 Insiders. You've taken the V8 to the races. you watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing. V8 Supercars
3: Hi, I'm Shane Van Gisbergen.
1: You're listening to V8 Insiders. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders and joining us this week on the roundtable, John Bannon. Of course, uh, now an independent contractor for hire, gun for hire. Perhaps Adrian Mussolino and the V8X team will be uh, getting him on board as Adrian joins us as well. Good evening, fellas. Good evening, Craig.
4: Hey, Craig. Thanks for having me.
1: It's been an interesting Grand Prix weekend, the fallout of which we'll talk about shortly. But, uh, well, FPR, haven't they just kicked a number of goals right off the bat, Adrian?
4: They have, and they did it over the weekend at Albert Park on the soft tyre, which was their big sticking point last season. We all know that mid-season slump they had where they were basically nowhere on the soft tyres. So it's very encouraging for them to go out early this season proved they can do it on the hard tyre over long distance like they did at Chipsville and then over a shorter distance with both tyres at the Grand Prix so I think it's um, three wins from five races they've clean sweeped the Dunlop series as well so
0: it's a very good start for Ford Mm.
1: John what were your impressions of FPR
0: I think they're very impressive at the moment. It's not just a a case of one of their drivers being right up there. All three of them are, and they're running regularly in that top five or or six, and, of course, uh, like Frost did on the the weekend, win races. So it's a great start to the year, and uh, I don't know if AAA are are panicking yet or not, but uh, it seems they're not going to have the the same uh, level of advantage that they've had uh, in recent years.
1: Mm. Of course, we saw, John, that different tyre strategy really playing off for the guys that could go out early and get their lead and then come in and swap late. They uh, were at a, a real advantage to the others, weren't they?
0: Yeah, it seemed that they were able to get ahead and probably having that clear track. And and as you mentioned, that that, ad, that advantage and not being in that position of, I guess, playing... Uh, catch up uh, mentally, perhaps even uh, showed that that yeah they were able to to stick out front and 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 keep that advantage when uh, the the second lot of runners took their pit stops.
1: Mm. Stone Brothers Adrian also had a fantastic weekend, and uh, I must say that uh, the gears getting a race win is no surprise. He's going to get a lot of them, but Lee Holsworth has really made a big injection into that Irwin Tools car, hasn't he?
4: He has, and we should also mention Tim Slade as well, who's the third driver there, and I think his performances, second half of last season, have sort of helped bump up the team, but I think they're there as well. It's very, it's an interesting lead pack because you've got all three FPR cars sort of up there. Stones are sort of just behind, but they're sort of within touching distance. Triple Eight, you know, they had a disappointing Grand Prix weekend, but they're still there, as we know they always will be and Garth Tanders flying the flag for HRT. So if they can sort of all maintain that form and um, keep it going through this early part of the season, it should set up a fascinating championship fight. Um, The encouraging thing is that FPL started strong, and that's what they've missed the last few seasons.
1: Mm. John, what's been your take on the Ford revival? We're seeing more and more Fords getting towards the front, and as we know, they're the uh, lesser numerical number on the track. Well,
0: that's a very good point, Craig. I mean, you'd think on, on pure numbers alone that then Holden should have it in the bag but it's certainly keeping Ford fans happy uh, that both FPR um, and Stone Brothers are doing well. I mean, uh, as Adrian mentioned there, it's not just uh, the FPR drivers that, that are doing well. It, you know, Shane Van Gisbergen has has started again where he left off last year and um, it was good to, to see him get another win on the weekend and, and also uh, he, he knows how to celebrate in style. So I think he's quite a fan favourite uh, in that regard.
1: Mm. Of course, going to his track, his home track at Hamilton, he won there last year. He's going to be buoyed up with more confidence than ever and we know what a great runner he is on street circuits, which we've seen in the first three races or we're, we've seen in sorry the first two events of the year. Heading into the third, uh, John, he's going to be very hard to beat.
0: he's a very talented young guy and he knows how to drive a race car and as you said he is strong on on street circuits and he's arguably in the, in the top three drivers in that field uh, at the moment in terms of the level of talent and, and self-belief and like any racing driver as soon as you get a win under your belt uh, you feel that you're more than capable of, of getting wins regularly and, and I think we'll see that with, with Shane this year uh, and I think he'll also be encouraged by how well Ford are doing generally uh, and that will also urge him forward because he doesn't want FPR being the, the sole four team up there uh, winning the races. He wants a bit of the action as well.
1: Mm. And, of course, Adrian, uh, Shane Van Gisbergen, as uh, John said, is in that top echelon. But it was interesting because v x Magazine showed uh, what? They believe each driver's getting paid, and he's probably not up in that upper echelon like uh, we see, say, James Courtney, who uh, Roland Dane had a red-hot go. He planted him, as they say in AFL parlance, over the uh, weekend uh, because of the incident with Jamie Wincup, which has caused a, a serious amount of damage and saw a race shortened to almost nothing.
4: Yeah, it was very much so. It's always disappointing when, at a non-championship round, so many cars get damaged and beat up. Especially, you've got a feel for Lucas Dumbrell Motorsport. Um, you know, a second event and second heavily damaged car, and that car's been shipped back to Triple Eight, um, where it was sort of its former home to sort of be repaired. And it's a concern, and it sort of raises the point, I guess, of, you know what are they doing there if it's not for championship points and what's the motivation and is it worth the high damage bill that sort of results from it? It's always amazes me that we go to that event and just seems that there's this carnage when there's no points on the line. Mm.
1: John, it is, it is amazing, the carnage, but in some respects, we speak to these drivers and they go, oh, yeah, we've got this test program lined up, we're going to test this, we're going to test that, and yet the red mist still falls and uh, testing... Goes out the window in some respects, and particularly when you wreck yourself on the first lap.
0: Well, I think, as Adrian alluded to, there you're always going to have <laughs> accidents at at street circuits, and they always happen in in Melbourne. And uh, I think probably having a, a prize on the line this weekend, that, that hundred thousand dollars up for grabs, really uh, perhaps spurred the drivers on a bit. But also, like Adrian mentioned, I would like to see a, a championship round I know there are all sorts of TV rights issues there and and those sort of things but really uh, I don't see why it can't be a, a championship round I mean the drivers have to to race just as hard anyway uh, and you could tell that they were trying on the weekend so I, I'd like to see that being really considered rather than just something that just gets washed washed over
1: mm. well Adrian I know you're all for it
4: Yeah, I think it makes sense and I the TV deal is a big stumbling block if Channel 10 do win the rights for the next V8 TV deal which, you know, if we're to believe the speculation there probably one of the favourites then that would sort of align the two TV contracts between the Australian Grand Prix and V8 Supercars so that would sort of pave the way. The big thing was last season the the sort of set-up of the V8 paddock and pit lane Um, so there's no real reason apart from technical contract issues you know why it couldn't be a championship round it it just makes sense Mm.
1: On on the white flag lap I'll mention that Jason Bright and I discussed this whole matter and uh, and, uh, you can hear what Jason's thoughts are as well because the format would have to be significantly changed Adrian
4: Well absolutely the format as it is now is designed to sort of spice up the racing to cover the fact that it's non-championship round and you know, if it was a championship rad we wouldn't see these sort of knockout qualified races or, or this sort of thing, which, you know, to be honest, didn't really work. Um, I was watching that race, and you know, the only way I could follow who was being knocked out was by the live timing in the media centre to show who was going to pit lane, because with the fight for the lead between Winter Bottom and Win Cup, the TV cameras weren't focusing down the field, so that sort of made it pretty much pointless, and... So that was disappointing, given that it's sort of all that build-up throughout the week of this knockout race.
1: Mm, John, what were your thoughts of the knockout?
0: I agree with Adrian about the qualifying races. I think uh, that they're a joke. They're confusing for fans, uh, and people just don't understand. What's going on? If, if the media can't understand the people that are reporting on it, then how is the general public meant to understand what's going on? So I think they are meaningless to a degree. Uh, having said all that, uh, watching on, on the sidelines on the weekend, uh, the drop-off system did make sense to me and i could see how many cars were going and and at what intervals and and what times and i could also hear that through the commentary that the commentators under seemed to understand what was going on so uh qualifying race is confusing but i didn't mind the the dropout system i think that creates a, a little bit of extra excitement
1: mm. all right we need to take a break on the v8 insiders but plenty more coming out of melbourne right after this Hi, I'm Rick Kelly. If you're listening to V8 Insiders. On this week's White Flag Lap, it's always a pleasure to catch up with Jason Bright. He's not a man afraid to speak his mind. And this time, Brighty's upset about the fact that the officials aren't standing by the rules they discuss in the driver's briefing when it comes to the crunch.
3: Oh, I mean, there's you know, always a, a fair bit of uh, conjecture about the stewards' decisions, but, you know, I, I guess... One of the things that they do go on about at the drivers' briefings is that you know you have to leave each other racing room, and and uh, you know I was victim of sort of two guys not leaving each other racing room and getting tangled up on the weekend, and and then uh, you know saw it happen a few times, and it, it just you know I guess they don't they don't really sort of stand by their words, you know, and if for as long as they don't do anything about it, um, you know everyone just keeps on doing it.
1: How frustrating has this year been for a lot of you, drivers that have been just innocent victims, as it were?
3: Well, I mean, you know, I can't really blame the Adelaide crash on that. I mean, that was, you know, that was a unfortunate situation where where uh, you know James is injured, blown in in uh, the quickest part of the track, and you know we came off pretty bad there. But you know, it's it's been a pretty frustrating year or you know, start of the year for us. I mean, you know, to to uh, come out of Adelaide with a, a car that, you know, needed a hell of a lot more work um, when it got back to the workshop and and not not a very big points haul to to go into the second round and then go to the Grand Prix and within a couple of laps be, uh, you know, put in the wall again. You know, it's a lot of work for the guys, but, you know, the cars do seem pretty pacey. Um, you know, I think that we can sort of expect to be pretty competitive um, for most of the year. We've just got to do a better job in qualifying, which, um, you know... Uh, uh, just an unfortunate weekend for us qualifying-wise, where I messed up my first lap and um, and you know then the red flag came out when I was on another good lap, so you know it meant that we sort of started a lot further back than what we should. But I think the cars are pretty speedy. Other than that, mm.
1: uh, your teammate Fabian Coulthard has had uh, on the opposite end of your start has had a, a very solid start for Brad Jones Racing, and uh, obviously is starting to get that confidence back that uh, had been waning over a couple of years at HRT. Oh, added, yeah. I mean, uh, he's, he's been control.
3: very competitive. So you know, I think that we, we, like I said, the cars cars are working um, quite well, and uh, you know, he's he's proven that that we've got got both uh, qualifying speed and uh, and race speed, and you know, it's just a matter of uh, you know pulling it all together on the day. So you know, he's uh, he's certainly fitting in well, and um, you know, it, it, it sort of bodes well for how quickly we can you know develop even further.
1: Mm. And of course. Uh, you've got a lot of uh, repair bills, and we've seen repairs bills up and down the pit lane this year. but what does it mean when you're putting money into repairing cars when on the other hand you 've got to build these new cars for the car of the future launching next year? How does that change the way you 're budgeting and and the way the teams have to look at all that
3: i mean it' it's, it's frustrating but you know you, you certainly uh, you know there's a long long way to go before we get to car of the future i mean you know in in uh I would have I would have certainly, um, you know, thought that the sooner we had car of the future, the sooner we, uh, you know, the sooner we start saving. And, you know, so it is a shame that, that you're sort of out there buying bits at the moment that, you know, may be obsolete at the end of the year. But, you know, a lot of it, you know, some of it might not be obsolete. But it is, it is a bit of a shame when, uh, when you know that, you know, you're sort of heading to a, a different car for next year.
1: Do you think that driver 's standards need to be looked at uh, even harder in a situation where you are in this gap year?
3: Um, not really i mean you know i don 't think anyone goes out there to to intentionally crash i mean you know and, and if if we weren't if we weren 't racing hard the uh, you know the series wouldn 't be what it is so you know I, I think that it's more just uh you know if they're going to Lay down some laws in in drivers' briefings and in the regulations, then you know then then they need to to, to sort of enforce those rather than um, you know not enforce them and, and let drivers sort of have to work out whether they get away with it or not. And, mm. You know, at the moment, if for for every time they they don't enforce something like leaving each other racing room and not forcing each other off the track, uh, you know, the drivers are going to keep on trying it, and um, you know, it's just a shame when when you've got some drivers out there. That do leave racing room and consistently race clean and other drivers that,
1: that don't mm. of course we have a situation where the grand prix event has got that extra uh i guess disappointment to it that it's not for championship points so when you're getting involved in accidents there you're you're scratching your head even further aren't you
3: well yeah i mean it's a, it a bit of a shame it's still a good still a great race being to be at and there's a lot of people there and, and a lot, all of our you know, sponsors get along. So, you know, it is still an important race mean to do well at. and, and uh, you know, But, yeah, it is, it is a bit of a shame that it's not for points. But, you know, I guess that that's just the way it is at the moment. You know, one day maybe that'll change.
1: Would a compromise position, and you having been on the board might have uh, even dis- uh, discussed this at time to time, but would a compromise position say, well, it's not part of the driver's championship, but it is going to go on the teams championship, and and then at least the points are going. At least then there would be some points, and there would be some reason to, uh, well, give it all you've got rather than in the most case people running test sessions.
3: Well, it's hard to say. I mean, you know, I, I don't, I don't think that. Enough emphasis is put on the team's championship for it to to really hold that much weight if it it, it did sort of, if it was included in the team's championship. You know, the team's championship to some extent ends up being a a bit more of a a foregone conclusion because everyone's out there trying to do their best as a driver's championship and the team's championship ends up what it is. But, you know, I I don't know what they've got to do to to sort of give it a little bit more oomph at that race meeting. But, um, you know, I think I think it, you know, it just it just it's just the way it is. Until it ends up televised on the same network, and or could possibly end up around the championship, you know, I, I don't think that, that there's much you can do to, uh, you know, to, to change it.
1: What would the format have to be though if it was going to be around the championship? You couldn't, could you go with these dinky little races, or would you have to change it drastically? Uh-huh.
3: Well, that, that's the thing. I mean, that, 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 is the, that is the most difficult part about it. You know, it, it, they are really short races and, you know, they're races where tyre life doesn't make a difference and, you know, they they're just, they feel like we've gone back sort of 15 years to to uh, the three 20-minute sprint races, um, except you've got to wait 24 hours to have the next sprint race. But it's, um, you know, it, it is, it, it's difficult to say what we would need to do. I mean, it, it would need to turn into a, a much longer event with, you know, a couple of, Sort of pit stops that you actually need to do to fill up with fuel, and um, you know if 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 I I don't know whether that could ever happen while it's still you know a Formula One event. You know Hmm. I I don't know whether Bernie would ever let it happen. Um,
1: But he's letting it happen in Abu Dhabi. He's letting it happen in Abu Dhabi. So why wouldn't he let it happen in Melbourne?
3: Well, yeah, true. I mean, you know, there's probably no reason why it couldn't, um, except that you know the. It still comes down to the television of the event or what channel the event's televised on. I mean, Channel 7 have bought the rights to, to, uh, televise our championship series. And, um, you yeah, know, I guess that that's probably the ruling factor more than anything. Um, and like I said, if that ever changed, I think that there would be a much greater push and reason to have it as a round of the championship.
1: Mm. Finally, Jason, uh, what about this talk that Dunlop's going to bring out a uh, super super soft, if you like, for the car of the future? You in favour oh,
3: it's of what it, it's what it needs? I, I, you know, I've always said that the, the best racing that we have is is when we're on the soft tyre, and and um, you know, I don't really think that there's any need for a, for a hard tyre. I mean, you know, I think if anything, yeah, the soft our soft tyre at the moment should be the soft. Should be the hardest tire that we have and, and uh you know if we ended up with a softer one again then um you know that'd be a good thing. I you know, I, I think that even now, um, you know, you're seeing the soft tyre last a hell of a lot longer than what it was originally, um and probably what it was originally intended to do because teams have got better tire life or, or possibly the compound isn't what we what we had in the first place. Um and, you know, therefore we're really not seeing the the, the degradation that we expected from the soft tyre these days.
1: So uh, I know Fitzy says that soft tyre can't run Bathurst, but you're confident that it could.
3: Um, I mean Bathurst isn't. You know, I I, I guess I'd be concerned about um, you know any any failures at Bathurst. Um, you know, as far as you know, we, we've seen a, a couple of tyre failure, failures there in the past. Um, but I don't see right why it. it I mean, I don't, know. I don't know the ins and outs of, of tyres, but, you know, I, I think that there's no reason why it couldn't do Bathurst, I wouldn't think. Um, but, you know, I, I guess it sort of remains to be seen. Um, you know, I, guess, I, I reckon, you know, back sort of... There, there was plenty of soft compounds running around there, you know, 15, 20 years ago, I'll give you the tip. Mm. <laughs> they had qualifying tyres... Uh, you know, back in um, in the Sierras, so you know, there's no doubt that you can use soft compounds there. Um, as you know, as to whether that the construction of that tire is capable of doing 300Ks, I'm not
1: sure. Mm. Well, as long as you're not paying the tire bill, you just change them every time there's a, a yellow.
3: Well, I think I think you know Bathurst isn't particularly hard on tyres as far as wear. So you know, it's all high speed corners, and you know, you, I think you'd find that. The, the degradation, you know, if, if we do 20, 24 or 25 laps at, at Bathurst, um, you know, on a hard tyre, I, I think it's still you might get close to that anyway. Um, it might make a better race out of it, you know, if if, if, uh, if you had to choose between um, tyre degradation and stopping for fuel and, you know, but at the moment, you know, if, if Bathurst is a sprint race and not not, not about tyre life and I'm hard to say which one makes it a better race.
1: That's all we have time for this week on the V8 Insiders. My thanks to Jason Bright there, also to Adrian Mussolino and John Bannon as the checker flag waves over another edition of the V8 Insiders. Till next time round, keep smiling and bye for now.
2: Join us next week for more V8 Insiders, only on v8x.com.au.